Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, I demand that Armstrong and Getty rename the broadcasting studio because those were slave owners. How are you? America's the greatest country in the world. My name is Mike Slater, filling in for Armstrong and Getty. They're not here today. I'm here instead, and it's, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Listen, they joke about four hours, and I was joking about four hours is kind of hard. Like, the, like you do your three, and you're like, oh, geez. It's like one more lap, one more lap around. But I'm going to give you my best effort. Uh, we were just talking in the last segment about this. Pur- I mentioned in passing this, this purge, whether it's intentional or not, I believe it is, but even if it's not intentional, it's still happening. A purge of conservatives out of pretty much every space that exists, whether it's, of course, academia. I mean, like, give me a break. Uh, journalism. Right? We know those. But also med school, uh, the military. We talked about the health bureaucracies, NIH, CDC, FDA. Like they're getting the conservatives out. You are not welcome here, conservatives. And it's an intentional purge. And they're even doing it at Monticello. It's Thomas Jefferson's home. They've gone woke. The Thomas Jefferson Foundation. Now, you got to ask, and, uh, uh, let me say this point. Let me tell you what's happening. They have a board. The Thomas Jefferson Foundation, it's a board, and now it's full of a bunch of woke progressives. Uh, the new president of the board, uh, Melody Barnes, she used to work for Obama. She says, I grew up in Virginia, where Jefferson was always and only celebrated. 
right? It's like, okay, and and now what? Now I'm thrilled to be on the Thomas Jefferson Foundation where I can really suck it to him, where, where I can really rip him a new one. Like, what do you... Monticello continues a tradition of strong and visionary leadership as we plan for the commemoration, blah, blah, and our dedication to an honest, inclusive history of Thomas Jefferson, Monticello, and the enslaved families who lived and labored here. Ugh. The question is, as I'm telling you the stories, ask yourself, why do these woke people want to be on the board of the Thomas Jefferson Foundation? Why do they even, why do they want to, what's the purpose? They hate Thomas Jefferson so much. Wouldn't you stay as far away from him as you could? No, 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 no. They must be on the board of the Thomas. They must be in charge of Monticello. Now listen, whenever a conservative says, hey, this is crazy, progressives will say, oh, you don't want to teach history. No, it's not about that. Yeah, be honest. Sure. You don't have to bash people over the head with it. And that's what they do. When you walk into Jefferson's music room in Monticello, it's a beautiful room. It's tall ceilings, paintings all the way to the ceiling. It's amazing. And you walk in now, and the first thing you see, it's right in front of your face, the first thing on an easel or stand right in front of you is a... A uh, four-foot-by-five-foot painting commissioned on Juneteenth of last year. And it's a man. It's a nice picture of, of a man. It's sort of like Thomas Jefferson or someone of that era would have posed for a, a self-portrait or, right, or a portrait. Uh, but his face is blacked out with tar. Thick glops of tar black out his face and hands. And this painting represents the faceless lives of all who served in bondage, witnessing but never recognized. It's like, ah, oh, jeez. So you go into Monticello and you're about to walk into this beautiful thing. You just, it's in your face everywhere you go. The visitor center is this huge and horrific piece of modern art. And it's, it's, it's uh, weeping slaves. This is just slaves weeping. The star of the tour is Sally Hemings, Jefferson's potential mistress, which probably isn't even true. Trigger warnings all over. It's sad. And there's almost nothing about Thomas Jefferson. There's nothing about the Declaration. And all the, the brilliant man, all the brilliant, wonderful things he did. Why does this matter? Why is this important? Like, you know, it, like it, it, it offends you to your gut, right? It's like, it's like, what is happening? Why does it matter? We define ourselves. This is true for individuals and for a country. We define ourselves based off the stories we tell. It's true of an individual person. Who are you? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Who are your parents? Who are their parents? What was the content of their character? What did they overcome? Right? These things help define you as a person. And it's true as a country as well. Who are we? Where do we come from? Who were, our, who were the pilgrims? Who were our colonists? Who were the founding fathers? I have a TV show on the first TV network, and, and the special this week is about um, the true story of the separation of church and state. And it's this fascinating story. It's not in the Declaration. It's not in the Constitution. Thomas Jefferson wasn't even the first person to write it. He wrote in a letter, but it wasn't him. It was Roger Williams, the founder of Rhode Island, who was a pilgrim who came to America in 1630. Right? So you got to go back. But like, that's part of our story. That's who we are. By the way, separation church and state, everyone, the progressives have it backwards. <laughs> it's not to prevent church from being involved in government. It was in, in, uh, clearly meant to be, uh, to prove, or to, to be a wall to prevent the government from interfering in the affairs of the church. That's what that wall of separation is. Of course, progressives have flipped it around completely. But the point is, uh, 
the stories we tell ourselves define who we are today. And the progressives don't just want to re- get rid of that story. They want to get rid of that story and replace it with their story. And this is a new story that we uh, should be filled with guilt and shame for who we are. Why? What does guilt and shame get them? Well, it will encourage people to correct the wrongs of our history, which we will do by, well, growing government. Remember this clip from Trump? This is during Charlottesville when they were taking down the Robert E. Lee statue. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down... Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? Yeah, that's why. That yes, and that's why I believe that we should rename the Armstrong Getty Studio away from the George Washington Studio. I'm just saying, it's very racist. How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue because he was a major slave owner? Now we're we going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfair. Okay, that was one of the, the great media hacks of the entire Trump presidency was that moment right there. But notice what he said. Are we going to get rid of statues of Thomas Jefferson? Yes. Yes. Let me leave you with this point. This is one of my favorite. Oh, by the way, I should say, too, they're doing this at uh, James Madison's home in Virginia as well. Same thing. There's no American flags at James Madison's home. It's all about slaves. There's one guy in particular, David Rubenstein, who's the guy who's given all this money. Uh, One board member who's leaving the board said the new members aim to transform James Madison's home into a black history and black rights organization that could care less about James Madison and his legacy. And that's who these people are. Here's, here's the most, this is the most important thing I've learned from Jordan Peterson. Right? There's tons of things to learn from Jordan Peterson. This is the most important thing. When you read history, you have to recognize that you're the bad guy in the story. Most people, certainly kids today, when they read history, they consider themselves to be the hero. Oh, I never would have done that. I never would have gone along with that. I would have been the hero. When they read about Nazi Germany, they, of course, would have been the people who were hiding the Jews and fighting against Hitler. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have. Statistically, you wouldn't have. How do I know you wouldn't have? Because very few people did. And you're no different than them. Also, one million babies are aborted every year in America, and these progressives think that's great. They're fighting for more. So you think you would have stopped slavery if you were alive in 1800? What a joke. You won't even stand up for innocent babies today. And you think you would have been some sort of hero in the 1800s? You think you would have been some sort of hero in Nazi Germany? Get over yourself. When you read history, when you watch a movie, a story, whatever, you have to know that you're the bad guy. Why? Why? You have to accept the capacity. You have to understand the capacity for evil that's inside of you. You have to understand that. And you have to keep that at bay before you can ever expect to do something good. But people today, they don't understand that. Especially kids today, right? They think they're the hero always. 
So they go out and they, they're, they're heroically fighting against Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> they're heroically fighting against George. They think they're better than George Washington. They think they're smarter, more moral than Thomas Jefferson. Recognizing your capacity for evil is a precondition for the realization of good. That's Jordan Peterson. Why did ISIS, why does ISIS tear down statues? Right? They used to tear down statues. They, they, I mean, I don't know how many bombs they had, but probably not a ton, but they would strap dynamite to all these ancient sites in the Middle East. Why'd they do that? Because they were replacing, they were eliminating what they viewed to be not authentic Islam and replaced it with a new story, their story. It's the same thing these people are doing. Same thing these people are doing, tearing down statues and removing, getting, and, and infiltrating uh, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation and James Madison and all these things. They're, they're tearing down statues. And, and the people who are doing that, you're closer to ISIS than you think. Mike Slater, filling in for Armstrong and Getty. Spread the word. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Slater filling in for Armstrong and Getty today. Thanks for being here. I uh, host out in uh, San Diego. Last time I was a guest with Armstrong and Getty, I think it was with Joe, uh, we touched on this issue, and I want to go a little bit deeper. It's Friday. It's the fourth hour. We could settle in here a bit. Settle in here a bit for a couple minutes here. We got, we got, uh, we already did all the economics, the recession, the changing definitions, the monkey pox. We got all out of the way. Will Smith. We covered Will Smith. You, we checked that box. You can now live the rest of your life in peace. Will Smith has apologized to Chris Rock and Chris Rock's mama and your mama and everybody. And it's all, everyone's all uh, friends now again. Great. Uh, I touched on this with Joe and I use this word malakos and, uh, I want to go deeper for five minutes. So first Corinthians six. Uh, it says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor account with me, sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Nine, nine things. Now, many translations will leave out a word. They only list eight. Or excuse me, that, no, excuse me, I back it out. I just did nine, but the Greek has ten. If you read it in the original Greek, there's 10 words, but I just read the ESV translation, there's only nine. What they do in many of the translations is they combine two of the Greek words into one. The word uh, homosexual is, uh, in Greek, it's uh, arsenokoites. Koites means bed, arsenos means man. So to go to bed with a man, that's what that is. But there's a word before that, malakos. And in many translations, they combine those two words Greek words into one English concept, but they're two distinct Greek words. And I think they should be translated as two distinct Greek words as many translations do. It means effeminate. It means effeminate. Now it can mean it in a sexual way as well. Um, like a, a Malakos could be a boy who's kept for that purpose, like Nero's. You know, Nero killed his mom, killed his first wife, killed his second wife, and then felt bad about it, and then castrated a boy and raised and like married him, had a public marriage ceremony, and dressed the boy up like his ex-wife who he killed, and paraded him around. Right, 
Uh, and Nero was the emperor when Paul was in prison writing Romans, right? So this is the type of stuff that Paul was writing about. Uh, but it's more than just that sexual part. It, it's the opposite of masculine. And there's a moral component to the term malakos as well. Malakos is a man who is self-indulgent and self-centered. Hundreds of years before Paul, uh, Aristotle said, the deliberate avoidance of pain is a kind of malakos. One who is deficient in resistance to pain. One who is uh, soft or luxurious. Soft, malakos. A man, uh, such a man lets his cloak tail, his cloak trail on the ground to escape the fatigue and trouble of lifting it. Right? They're so lazy, pathetic, they won't even pick up their, their toga as it's trailing behind them. There's cowardice behind this. Cowardice, softness, unmanliness, uh, all this, all this, right? You get it. Uh, this really struck me with the Uvalde police, right? And like, I think this is what hit everyone so hard with the Uvalde police, the elementary school in Texas where the police didn't go in for over an hour. It, it felt wrong. Like everyone knew. And whatever excuse they want to give about, oh, we didn't know this, or whatever. It just, it looked wrong and it felt wrong. And that's good. That instinct you had that that's not right is good. This is why we shared the story, I think, in hour two, at the end of hour two, about the pizza delivery guy at midnight. It's in Indiana. Pizza delivery guy driving to a deliver pizza. And there's a house on fire. And he went in and he rescued the, the four kids and he had to go back in and rescue a baby. And he couldn't go out the front door because of the smoke. So we went upstairs, broke a window with his arm, jumped out with the baby in his arms. And then he's laying on the ground and the police finally got there. And there's a body camera footage. And the guy, the guy he can't breathe, smoke inhalation. And he goes, is the baby okay? Please tell me the baby's okay. He doesn't know. Please tell me the baby's okay. And the, the police officer says, you did good, dude. Come on. Come on. That guy's not Malakos. It's the moral softness that we have a problem with in our country. There's no question. I wonder also if this is why the military is having such a tough time recruiting. Have you heard these latest recruiting goals? Like, they're not even close. They're not even close. And there's a lot of physical reasons, right? So 75% of 17 to 24-year-olds are ineligible to join the military. Ineligible. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't. Obesity, tattoos, criminal record, whatever. Which only leaves 25% who could. But of that, what percentage of the 25% who could even would want to? Because it involves a lot of pain and a lot of sacrifice and you're giving up your identity. Right? You're wearing a uniform like everyone else. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. Who would sign up for that stuff? And it's a problem to live in a country that is so malakos. We don't live in a masculine country anymore. And any natural masculine instinct that boys have, they channel it to video games and porn. Think about it. Video games, you, you kill people, fight the bad guy, rescue the princess, get a high score, win or compete, win, accomplish. But it's fake. So we take a natural instinct of masculine urge inside of a boy and we channel it into fake things. But we have to make sure we raise our boys to be more in touch with their feminine side, right? It's not, uh, not a good recipe. For our future. Mike Slater dot locals dot com. Do better with raising your boys. That's the moral of the story. Mike Slater, filling for ANG. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show is not here today, but I am filling in for the great A&G Mike Slater in San Diego. MikeSlater.locals.com. Great Supreme Court wins this session. I don't want to overlook this as we move on. Thank you, Donald J. Trump, by the way. Whatever the left wants Trump's legacy to be, it will always be his imprint on the Supreme Court, which is why many people voted for him, even if they didn't love the idea in the first place. Remember? That was a lot of people's justifications. Like, oh, I don't love Trump, but we got to make sure Hillary doesn't put all these people on the Supreme Court. Oh, how our country would be different today. So in this segment, I want to celebrate that a little bit, but also we've talked a lot in this hour in particular about raising boys to be men and just, you know, girls too, but children to be good moral people in general and not to be slaves to their emotions. We talked about that, I think, in the second hour, living a truly virtuous life, not being, again, uh, controlled by their feelings. Right after, this is right after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Amen. Uh, someone posted a picture of this man, and I've never seen him before. It was a, an, an elderly black man. His skin was so dark, 
you could barely see him in the dark room. But he had this red trucker hat on. And he had a cigarette coming out of his mouth. And his hand was up. And he was like, don't take my picture. Like, that was the image. Like, get And there was a bandage on his finger for some reason. And the caption was, consider the impact this man's life has had on America. <laughs> like, well, I don't I don't even know who that is. Consider the impact. I don't, I don't know any impact of this. I don't know. Who is this person? He spoke Gullah. It's like, a, it's like a Creole kind of thing. It's what his slave ancestors spoke in South Carolina and Georgia. Here's just a little example of, of the language he spoke. And I must love everybody because she jacked the pen and the hut. Hope ain't ever nothing long as I mean them for good. Okay, right. Let's say him speak English. Cut firewood at night, sold it in the day, drove an oil truck to make ends meet. Who is this man? Let me tell you this. His grandson grew up in Savannah, Georgia. It's 1948. Dirt poor, like literally dirt floors. No running water. Dad left him. So it was just this boy, his brother, and mom. They lived in a shanty. No water, no plumbing, no bathroom, no electricity. They had a barrel on the corner of the roof to catch rainwater to wash their clothes with. And he and his brother, this boy and his brother, loved every second of it. <laughs> they had two store-bought toys their entire life. The rest of it, they were just out playing in the jungles of Savannah. Sticks, rocks, rivers. They fished all the time. It was amazing. But then... The mom and the two boys, they moved to the city, and it was awful. He called it squalor, but it was like also no plumbing, but he had to use a chamber pot. The family used a chamber pot at night, and it was this boy's job to empty it every morning, and one morning he tripped down the stairs, and it came falling after him and over him. He hated living in the city. He slept in a chair. He was always cold and hungry. There were no rivers to catch fish out of to eat. There was no land to, to forage on. He said country life... I mean, yeah, they were poor, but they were rich, right? There was everything around them. Eventually, his mom couldn't do it anymore. And his mom told the two boys to go live with her parents, this man I'm telling you about. Uh, just a couple of blocks down the street they lived, but they lived in a real, like, a house with a fresh coat of paint and a toilet. And the first time he got there, he just flushed the toilet over and over. He couldn't believe it. And Grandpa sat him down, sat the two boys down, and said, vacation's over. <laughs> and the boys are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Our life is miserable. Vacation, I have to clean the chamber pot every month. Vacation's over. What vacation? Grandpa said, now it's about manners and behavior, rules and regulations. And this man taught his grandsons the value of hard work. Here's what's provided for you. Here's what's required of you. And I love this line so much. It's one of my favorite lines. Don't do as I say. Do as I do. I love that. Because what do people say today? People say, today say, oh, uh, do as I, what is it? Do as I say, not as I do. Right? They'll say, do as I say, not as I do. And this man said, no. Don't do as I say. Excuse me. He said, don't do what I say. Do what I do. 
I'm your mentor. You're the apprentice. Do what I do, and one day you will have a coat and tie job. And he didn't allow any excuses ever. His line was, old man Kant is dead. I helped bury him. And the boys would say, because so then the grandpa moved the family, moved the boys to a farm just so that they could learn all the hard work and the life lessons that come from working on a farm. That's the only reason they moved to the farm. Right? So they were getting up early, working all day. And, and one day the boy told his grandpa, hey, you know, slavery's over. And grandpa said, not in my house. In the wintertime, they worked on an oil truck. He worked on an oil truck, make oil deliveries. And he took the heater out of the bed of the truck or out of the, the cab of the truck, took the heater out, said it make you too soft. <laughs> make you too soft. We don't want to make you comfortable. No heater allowed while they're delivering oil in the dead of winter. They would eat fish every Friday. And grandpa would always eat it with the head on it. And the boys didn't want to eat it with the head on it. And the boys would complain. And every time the boys complained, the, the grandpa would say, Oh, you boys, you have it too good. The expression was, Hard times make monkey eat cayenne pepper. And he'd say, You know, your grandmother used to eat cow's eyes. <laughs> you kids have it too good. <laughs> Amazing. No AC. His pillow was wet as he uh, fell asleep at night every night, falling asleep in a soaking wet pillow. They couldn't wear gloves when they were working. Sign of weakness. Gloves were a weakness. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of my kids. And like they're at the park, they're at the playground right now. You know what I mean? With they and with snacks. They're at the playground with snacks. <laughs> Meanwhile, these two boys are working on the farm. No no uh, no gloves allowed and their hands would get all cut up and ripped up and then eventually form calluses. And that was one of this man's uh, life lessons. Blisters before calluses. Vulnerability before maturity. I'll give it away now. This young boy, his name was Clarence. He grew up to become a Supreme Court Justice. Clarence Thomas. Now, it's not just Clarence Thomas. Amazingly enough, Sonia Sotomayor also grew up in dirt poor family. Both of them grew up in dirt poor to become Supreme Court Justices only in America, right? Clarence Thomas said that that oil truck and the farm were the greatest classrooms of his life. And he said he'd watch his grandpa succeed in the deep south. I mean, what was success, right? By his standard, this was success. And he was never bitter, never had any self-pity, never complained about anything. So I, I, I imagine Clarence looking at people today complaining about their life, <laughs> right? Watching rich people, progressives in the city, whoever, complain about their life. And I'm sure Clarence Thomas thinks about his grandpa and, and his childhood. Give me a break. Grandpa only focused on what he could control. He said he put all of his hope in my two boys to have a better chance than I did. It took him a long time. Clarence, we don't have time to share the whole story now, but you should definitely read his book. It's called my, a, grand, a Grandfather's Son, I think is the name. Uh, here, I got it right here. Uh, my Grandfather's Son by Clarence Thomas. Um, he went off to college and became a Marxist, Clarence Thomas did. 
and then listened to some Thomas Sowell, read some Thomas Sowell, and then that broke it, and he went back to all the principles that his grandpa taught him. And he, it took him a long time, but he finally realized that he was raised by the greatest man I've ever known. So I share this for a couple of reasons, a bunch, right? Now, if you ever, if you're fathering young boys like I am, I got a five, five-year-old boy, two-year-old boy, three-year-old girl, and a boy on the way, or four-year-old girl, and a boy on the way. Um, if you're fathering, raising young boys, maybe you have... Like, I'm not going to be a slave driver, right? But if you ever have a little pang of guilt for asking your kids to, to do a chore, <laughs> right? Because they'll make you feel bad about, oh, I got to care. No. Be more like Clarence Thomas's grandpa. You're never going to be that harsh, so don't worry about it. Your kids need those life lessons. They want those life lessons. Your kids crave boundaries and security and routine and, and ex- expectation and responsibility. They crave those things. And our culture today tells you, oh, no, oh, no, treat them like little babies forever. And I think of the impact that that can have on the country. Like, you know, you thank Clarence Thomas for giving you your Second Amendment rights back, for ending Roe v. Wade, or whatever, whatever decisions they make, right? It's thank you, Clarence Thomas, but even more than that, thank you, Myers Anderson. <laughs> thank you, Myers Anderson, for raising your grandson, Clarence. And I go back to this line, consider the impact this man's life has had on America. Mike Slater, San Diego, filling in for Armstrong and Getty. Spread the word. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Slater in San Diego, filling up the great Armstrong and Getty. Thanks for being here. Uh, someone texted in the pizza delivery guy story, saving the baby and kids from the uh, kids and baby from the. Uh, fire the house on fire. I was kind of disappointed he did not ask about completing his delivery. <laughs> My job is done here. Got to deliver a pizza, bro. Now that would have been good. Ah, oh, that would have been the one way to make the story better. Alas, the story ended with him exhausted, smoke inhalation, blood all down his arm from jumping out of the second story window with the baby in his arms. And he says, "Is the baby okay? Is the baby okay? Please tell me the baby's okay." And the police officer says, "You did good, dude. You're right. That would have been cool." He's like, "No." Nope. I got to go deliver the pizza. <laughs> Just talking to Hanson during the break in light of that last segment about Thomas, uh, not Thomas Sowell, uh, Clarence Thomas. And just where we are in our culture today with embracing failure and adversity and knowing the life that Clarence Thomas lived. Like, I can't imagine what he thinks about the cultures, the, the, the generations that are raising today. Oh, my goodness. And, and kids today, they, just, they don't, can't handle failure because we've never taught them how. Handed out too many trophies, right? We're making them into malakos. That's what we talked about in the beginning of this hour. First Corinthians 6. That's the Greek word that English translations often leave out. Malakos. Kids don't know how to fail. And on that, I'm also concerned in our culture today about a lack of delayed gratification. All of life's great joys are because of delayed gratification. You got your momentary fleeting pleasures. Right? Those are no good. It's not what life is about, all right? The high, the rush. Jerry Seinfeld has a bit about uh, it's good. You like ordering something because you you love the anticipation of it arriving, and then once it finally gets there, that wears off. Like the thing does nothing to you, right? The material thing doesn't do anything. It's the anticipation of it, right? So these are the momentary fleeting pleasures. No good. Don't get those. Don't look for those. Uh, the great things in life, the things that bring true joy and contentment, are the things that are difficult now but pay off later, delayed gratification. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. But we tend not to live like that. Building a business is hard now. There's payoff later. Marriage, it's hard to apologize now, but it pays off later. Raising kids, hard now. The joy comes later. All right, so you got your fleeting happiness and your lasting joy. Fleeting happiness, lasting joy. We need, we need more lasting joy. Lasting joy comes from delayed gratification. Now, if that's true, that delayed gratification brings joy and is necessary to build things of value, whether it's in our lives or businesses or whatever, if we live in a society that no longer sees value in delayed gratification, but only lives for the moment, then we will no longer have things of value being built. Right? Simple example. I'll say there's a farmer working sun up, sun down. There's a lot of delayed gratification to plant the crops, right? A lot of delayed gratification. 
His son comes along, and by today's ethic, he wants the pleasure now. So he doesn't plant any of the crops, doesn't do any of the work, gets drunk, doesn't do the crops, doesn't do anything he needs to do. Well, what happens later? Nothing. He's on welfare. He's miserable. And no one else gets any food to eat. That's the thing. And that's as clear as day. We all get that. It's obvious. It's obvious. But now apply that to every business. I like. It is so difficult to run a business, to start a business. It's amazing to be anyone who does it. And I'm worried that we're getting to a point when these people who, are, who have been doing it age out, that there will be fewer and fewer people who are even willing to do it, who are willing to do entrepreneurial things. Because who wants all that delayed gratification? I want to live in the moment. I'm, I'm concerned about that long term in our country. I'm concerned about uh, you know kids don't understand delayed gratification and they have to be raised to understand it. And it's one of these weird things because we get it in all these other realms. Like you get the farmer examples like obvious. Sports are an obvious example. Every kid wants to be the best athlete in the world. But like you quickly understand you got to practice a ton to get there. So we get it with sports, but we don't get it in everything else with life, and that's uh, frustrating. Kids are no longer taught that value of delayed gratification. Let me give you one more, uh, one more deep thought to end the show. Nietzsche had a thought experiment. It's called, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the Eternal Return. That's what it's called. So Nietzsche, late 1800s, uh, he said, imagine if you were to only relive this moment, this current moment right now of your life for eternity. And you're like, oh, this moment listening to some clown filling for Armstrong Getty, like this is a terrible moment. Maybe if it was Armstrong and Getty, I would want to live with this moment forever. But not Mike Slater filling for this day. Or if you live this day for eternity, this is Nietzsche's question. Would you be able to bear that existence? Would you be able to bear it? This moment in your life, whatever phase your life is in right now, all the different elements of your life. Would you be able to bear that existence forever? That's Nietzsche's question. Yes or no? His conclusion, because he was a miserable, terrible person, as most of these people were, is no. Life is miserable now. I could not bear, I cannot bear, the idea of living like this for all of eternity. So therefore, I need to search for ecstasy now. Because if I lived in ecstasy now in the moment, then I could bear to live like that forever. Now, maybe that's fine as a thought experiment, but that's not how life is. <laughs> that's not how eternity works. But that's still how people are taught. Kids are taught to live their life now. Search for the, jo- for the, for the, the fleeting pleasures of the moment constantly. And if there's no ultimate purpose in life, like Clarence Thomas's grandpa had, clear. He said, my purpose in life is to raise you boys to have a better life than me. Clear purpose. And took, made sacrifices in order to make it happen. But if most people today have no purpose in life, and I even mean bigger than that, right? Paul came out recently, fewest number of people ever say that the Bible is the literal word of God. Right? Fewer number of people have ever believed in God believe in the afterlife, all that stuff. So if there is no eternity, there is no ultimate purpose, I must seek maximum pleasure now. And this a civilization does not make. You can go like like super basic, like an economy, like people will not start businesses. Actually, we have a perfect example. Japan. Japan 
does not have the entrepreneurial spirit that we have in America. It's a very interesting cultural phenomenon. In Japan, they don't start businesses like they do here. Why not? Because they have a lot of shame in their culture. And if you start a business and fail, then you are shamed. You brought shame to your family. So a lot of people just don't start businesses. In America, we don't have that. You can fail a million times, and we love the great American success story of you finally succeed on the 10th try, right? We love that. But I have, I'm afraid we're not going to have that entrepreneurial spirit anymore because we're afraid to fail, but also we just don't even want to, most people don't even want to put the work in, in the front end. So there, there, I'm worried there won't be those businesses that start in the future. And then just the bigger picture civilizational issues as well. So that's my encouragement for the weekend is to not be that person and to raise your kids to not be those people. We can do better. We must be better. I'm glad we've identified this problem and we can make sure that we do more moving forward. It's been an honor. MikeSlater.Locals.com for Armstrong and Getty. Have a great weekend. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.